Hey folks, Eric from Hit Subscribe here today. Um, change of scenery. I am out on the porch of the Airbnb that we're staying here uh, in Port Isabel, Texas, because it's uh, like 80 something degrees. It's absolutely beautiful out, so I wanted to be outside. If there's a little ambient noise, sorry about that. If I uh, on playback, it's too bad. I'll uh, go inside in subsequent weeks. But there's just you can see like some pretty good scenery out here. Like we've got a canal coming through here, and there's like pelicans, uh, you know. Uh, so I'm enjoying myself. Anyway, today's question is, how does insurance work when you're off on your own? And I don't actually remember the context of this. I think we were talking wherever this came up. I think it was about health insurance. But um, since I don't know, I, I guess I'll just cover the different types of insurance that might apply to a freelancer in my experience. In this video, I want to do the caveats that one might expect from such a video. I am neither a lawyer nor an insurance agent. Uh, so this does not constitute official advice in any way. Please don't make me need insurance to do videos by treating this as advice. This is basically my experience and like what I would personally do if I were starting over, not what you should do. Uh, end of um, caveats. Oh, I'll accept a different caveat also. Uh, I can really only speak intelligently about um, insurance in the U.S. So if you're in Europe or you know um, wherever folks tend to watch from, I can really only talk about U.S. Hopefully some of this applies, but uh, this is pretty U.S. specific. Okay, so with that in mind, um, how does health insurance work when you go off on your own as a freelancer? Uh, the short answer is, is badly. Um, it's awful. So um, if you work a 9-to-5 job in the U.S., your employer is going to be paying for an awful lot of uh, health insurance. So they, they have a plan for you, a group plan that you can participate in. And then they are almost certainly covering the lion's share of your monthly premiums. When you go off on your own, that goes away. First of all, you by default won't have any insurance. If you like leave a job, you might have COBRA, which you can claim in arrears for a few months. Uh, but then you've got to figure something else out. Now, um, I think there are some more like avant-garde options, like people do, um, you know, collectives through like churches. Like there's interesting things I've heard about, but don't know a lot about. The two that I know about are the uh, exchanges, like Obamacare, and then there's what Amanda and I do, which is just pay out of pocket. Um, I don't know exactly why, because Amanda did the research when this first became relevant, uh, but we somehow don't qualify for Obamacare. Um, I'm not sure exactly why, but it isn't relevant to our situation. So what we do instead is we pay out of pocket. Um, and that amount has varied over the last six, seven years between eight and $1,500 a month is our out-of-pocket cost. And um, that's not for particularly like comprehensive insurance. We mostly, we pay that amount and then like well visits are covered, so like physicals. Uh, but mostly we then just pay also out-of-pocket retail for whatever medical expenses we have, uh, except if it were to be like catastrophic. The one ex exception to that was last year when Theo was born, we got a gold insurance plan that was more expensive, which is good because the NICU bills uh, were quite expensive. I think even with the insurance, our tab was in the five figures plus all those premiums every month. So the long and short of it is um, if you're off on your own, health insurance is probably going to cost you a thousand plus dollars a month plus all your medical bills because it won't cover most of those either. So um, I don't mention, oh, and there's dental and vision insurance, which you have when you're employed. We don't have that. We just pay for all that stuff out of pocket, too. So if that sounds insane, it is. And if you're going off on your own freelancing, you absolutely need to make sure your rates 
and your situation covers that. I would estimate, depending on how healthy or not you are, that you should put aside at least $1,500 a month and probably a good bit more um, to go towards health and health insurance because it will be a substantial cost for you. I, I wish I had less depressing news, but um, I guess the good news on our end is we're about to get a health plan for hit subscribe. So after a, a horrendous seven year or whatever run of paying for our own health insurance, I mean, I, I guess I'm still theoretically paying for it, but we're going to actually have a group health plan. Um, other forms of insurance, so setting aside health insurance, which is just a, a terrible situation when you go off on your own, um, something your employer is probably doing but won't be taking care of for you is uh, disability insurance or workman's compensation. So basically the question you ought to be asking yourself is, let's say that I incur some kind of injury or something comes up and I'm not able to work, I'm not able to do my freelancing for a while, what happens? Um, I've talked about it uh, in previous videos, I'll see if I can grab a link for YouTube. Um, but if you uh, are unable to work, that you're sick or something, so there's like kind of short-term sick, you can cover that, you know, by like a week or something. But, you know, if you get mono or whatever lays you up for months on end, um, you need something because the income will stop. So as a freelancer, you need to think about what it would look like for you to be unable to work in a situation like that. And the answer is, um, you know, disability and or workman's compensation, uh, workman's comp. I'm not positive uh, what all that covers. Disability, short-term and long-term, is, is definitely what you need. I'm not sure how workman's comp would apply to a freelancer exactly, but you could talk to an insurance agent that you have, you know, for your car insurance or whatever, uh, and ask about policies. Most companies and, and brokers will at least be able to point you in the right direction. Make sure you have something that covers a situation where you can't work for weeks or months. Um, and the rates on that aren't bad. Unlike health insurance, uh, I forget what it is, but it's not prohibitive. It's a um, I think it's a relatively low risk thing actuarially, so you can get covered pretty reasonably for that. Uh, life insurance is one I would think about now. If you work at um, a standard nine to five job, most of them will have some kind of reasonable-ish life insurance policy that's maybe like a year of your salary, I, I forget what. Um, you won't have that. I would get yourself some life insurance if you have dependents. So um, a non-working spouse or a spouse that would be significantly impacted by you suddenly. Um, and then especially if you have kids. Now what you want with life insurance isn't, and I kind of learned this as I researched it originally, you're not really looking to set your people up for life. What you're doing is looking at um, a kind of bridge amount of money to make sure that they could get to a situation that made sense, meaning uh, let's say there's two people, you know, one partner, um, unfortunately, the worst happens. With the other one, it's not that that person should always have the first partner's income replaced for all of time, but to have income covered for like funeral expenses and until such time as you can maybe downsize in your housing arrangement or whatever. So you want to get an amount of life insurance that serves as a bridge so that your significant other and or family can figure out what to do in your absence. Uh, so that's something I'd definitely look into. Um, on the business side, as a freelancer, you could get what's called general liability insurance, and that can kind of cover anything that may come up. You hire a subcontractor who gets a paper cut and sues you, like whatever crazy litigious things people can dream up. General liability insurance should cover most of that. If you're getting a policy, you know, talk to the agent about what all exactly it does cover if you get broad enough coverage. But general liability insurance is the name of the kind of coverage that you get to just cover like whatever may happen in the course of business, weird things. 
Um, there is a more specific kind of insurance that you can get um, that I've carried at times, which is uh, alternatively called, I think, professional liability or errors and omissions. This is a little bit more related to the average knowledge work freelancer. So like if I were doing it, I don't think I've ever actually carried general liability for a freelance practice. Uh, and I wouldn't if I were going back and doing it over. There's just, I mean, Knockwood, there's not that much that goes wrong if you're like writing WordPress sites for somebody or, you know, whatever freelancers are doing. Uh, not People aren't tripping and falling and, you know, breaking their neck. Um, so it's probably not worth that. Errors and omissions is something you could do, and uh, professional liability errors and omissions essentially covers um, whatever liability you incur doing your work for a client. So if you're writing blog content for the client and you plagiarize it and they get sued and you get swept up and joined in that lawsuit or something, the client could say, hey, you're the one that created this situation for me. You're on the hook. I'm going to sue you for my legal expenses, things like that. So basically it's a it, it's a protection against whatever sort of buffoonery or incompetence you bring to bear in doing your job or at least the accusation thereof so maybe you're actually acting in good faith but the client has sort of a spurious charge like uh, you you know designed my website with like kelly green and it should have been blue and i lost millions of dollars so that's where a professional liability policy would come into play and cover you um so with those in mind, I can't really think of too many others. Um, if I were going back and doing it over, again, I'll phrase it this way. I'm not telling you what to do as a freelancer, but if I were going back and doing it over, say I was going to be a freelance writer or a freelance software engineer or whatever, uh, doing consulting, I would definitely carry health insurance. You don't really have a lot of choice in the U.S. Um, I would carry uh, short, long-term disability, you know, as a hedge. I would get life insurance to make sure that Amanda and Theo were good to go should anything happen to me. So all that, yes. Um, general liability, I wouldn't, and quite frankly, I wouldn't bother with errors and omissions either. Uh, when you go into business as an individual freelancer, as a solo freelancer, you are um, what I think of as judgment-proof, meaning you just, especially if you incorporate, which again, uh, I've talked about that in other videos, um, your business, your practice is going to have so little money that anybody who's suing you is going to exhaust that money in court fees before you even, or in lawyer fees before you even get into the courtroom. Um, from a kind of like game theory expected value perspective, a business suing an individual freelancer, just kind of charging people, you know, 80 bucks an hour to, you know, do whatever, there's just, it doesn't make any economic sense. They will blow through your entire business's net worth before they get a penny out of you. It's just, it, or before, um, uh, they even cover their their expenses, I should say, uh, on their side. So, like, they're going to hire a lawyer to come after you, spend thousands of dollars on that lawyer, and that's probably all they're ever going to get after you. Um, the only exception to that might be if some way you managed to um, pierce the corporate veil, meaning you did something unethical or illegal, and you mixed your business concerns with your personal, I guess they could come after your house or car or whatever. But again, you know, kind of back to square one, I don't think your insurance policy would cover you either if you were doing illegal stuff. So like, hey, don't do illegal stuff. That is official legal advice. Don't do illegal things. Uh, you, you can put me on record for that one. So um, to summarize, if I were going back to do it all over as a freelancer, I would do um, the personal stuff. So like medical, um, disability, life insurance, 
I would skip other kinds of professional coverage personally. Um, how that applies to you probably depends on your tolerance for risk and a variety of other things. But if you're going to look into those things, I, I would say errors and omissions, professional liability is the biggest one for a um, uh, freelancer. Apart from that, there might be more exotic kinds of coverages I'm not really thinking of or just was never aware of. I would say go talk to your broker and say, hey, I'm, I'm going off on my own as a freelancer. Um, what do you think I should carry? And if you want to be a little savvier about it, tell the broker, give me a very conservative you know, um, approach and a very high risk approach. So instead of asking that person what you should get, because that person's obviously going to come back and tell you all the things in the world, like give me two paths. Give me a very high risk path that's cheap and give me a very low risk path that's like expensive in terms of the premiums. And that'll kind of help you triangulate um, uh, to your own risk tolerance. And it will let the broker off the hook of giving you advice. Rather, they're just saying, oh, here's two things you could do. So that is me dumping my bucket on the subject of insurance for freelancers. Hopefully that's helpful. Hopefully the ambient noise and the pelicans and such haven't been uh, too much of a distraction. And I will catch you next time.